gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is the Lo-Fi Top 5. Why'd I do that? That was weird. That was fun, though. Was it? You sounded, you sounded really good. Really? Something? No. <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> I, I just always like, to, I always like to back you up, buddy, no matter where you go on this thing. And you know what? That's what I appreciate about you, Jeremy. It's good to see you, but wait, Jeremy. Jeremy? Why are there two Jeremys here? Ooh. Jeremy? There's Ooh. another Jeremy. Ooh, a wild Jeremy of yours. <laughs> There's too many Jeremys for one. <laughs> I, we, are, we, are, we are at our Jeremy max, but we're very excited to say that Jeremy from CinemaSins is here, and Jeremy is here. Hi, Hello. Jeremy. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. So I am going to give my Jeremy an opportunity to introduce you better, because as it turns out, Jeremy actually introduced you to me a long time ago. Oh wow! Awesome. Well, I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a bit of a movie nerd, and I'm also a bit of a YouTube movie commentary nerd. I don't know where I discovered you, but probably like six, seven, eight years ago, around the same time. Actually, I think I found you and Honest Trailers uh, mm. around the same time, mm. and I got I gotta say I probably binged your channel for like a good hour or so back when I was first getting into that thing. And then you became this channel for me that it's like, after I watch a movie, I immediately go see if you've done an episode on what might have been wrong with that. Yeah. And I will tell you my favorite moment of yours still to date was uh, Transformers 3. I think it's the revenge of the metal looking guy fighting the other metal looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Against the other metal looking guy. Cause they all yeah. look the same. Where you said, uh, and I quote, any sins the past few minutes? I literally stopped watching. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate all the views. And, uh, you know, it's always good to interact with somebody that's, you know, seen a little bit of the content and enjoyed it and even passed it along to somebody else. And, of course, we're just movie nerds ourselves and, you know, our our fourth attempt at a YouTube channel just happened to take off and we we're very, very fortunate. So the other ones fell over, caught on fires. This one stood up. Yes. Yes. I would say there were plenty of fires, uh, dumpster fires, uh, before this channel came along. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that uh, us and our listeners are eternally grateful that you exist because I, since Jeremy introduced me to you guys, I have laughed so many times. And also, uh, as someone who's a movie nerd, but not as much as Jeremy, I've learned a lot because there's things that like, I, I very often am like, like watching something you did and I'm like, oh, I never would have put together how dumb that is. And I'm so glad someone mm. did. So thanks for ruining a bunch of movies I thought I liked. You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. And you are, you are still allowed to like movies, even when you find out parts of them are dumb. Um, <laughs> and that is, that is a hard and fast rule. Our videos are not to be taken completely seriously. Only partially seriously. Right. Uh, <clears throat> we leave it up to you to figure out which which sins are, are real and which ones are. Some of them are pretty obviously fake, but um, yeah, no, you, you go on like in that stupid movie. Yeah. Well, the, there you go. good news. I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, speaking of stupid movies, today is not a day about stupid movies. Today, we are doing the top five movies that you wish you saw in theaters. So mm. uh, I'm, I'm very excited that you are going to play along with us today. Uh, we're going to give you the first chance at how easy or hard was it putting your list together? 
it was hard because I had so many different criteria. The initial criteria, of course, is I was too young uh, when this movie came out or um, wasn't born yet. Um, but some of it is just I, I didn't see this movie until my small TV screen, and I wish I could go back in time and see it on the big screen and really have that experience. So there's a mix in my list, um, although I sort of leaned toward my childhood pretty heavily. So. Nice. Jeremy, what about you? I fluctuated. Uh, actually, making the list was super easy. Getting down to that final five was a bit tricky because, like Jeremy, I also had the what wasn't I alive for, what was I too young for, or uh, what was I maybe just saw in the wrong venue or something like that. And interestingly, my final top five, every one of them came out since I've been alive. So none, none of my – which surprised me because originally as I was meandering through this all – I had started with some classics and like, oh, I had to see that. But as I really got into, you know, geeking out on some some spreadsheet land, it started reminding me where where I wanted to take that. How about you, JT? Uh, so very similar. I actually wound up with two categories of which I will talk to you guys about later um, because I needed to, I put together a list pretty quickly where I was like, okay, I had like 20 something movies that I wish I saw in theaters. And then I was like, okay, which of these are legit? Which of them were interesting and why are they on the list? And as I started to run through it, it like they started to sort of fall into two base camps. And I was like, I'm just going to use this as a rubric because I'm dumb and usually don't have a rubric. And so that was it. Uh, but Jeremy, you do have a rubric. Do you have a spreadsheet for us this week? Of course, because you can't have a movie podcast without making a spreadsheet, as everybody <laughs> knows. Correct. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jeremy, I do geek out and I make this spreadsheet and it's really just for the funsies of, of having a way to think about things because usually by the time I'm actually entering things in the spreadsheet, I've already made my, my picks. Mm. But I have fun thinking about like how, what was, my, what was my brain doing when I wasn't paying enough attention? And so the categories this week are the movie and the cast, which I mm. overweighted a little bit more than usual. I always, I, I'm now always throwing in rewatchability. Mm -hmm. I do think it matters. Although, again, this category sort of transcends it in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And then here are my three things, uh, the three specials, if you will. I've got the visuals. So how how on-screen stupefying does it have to be? Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what my eyes, eyes just saw. I also have the same for audio, whether it's the score or the, or the music, soundtrack, whatever's going on. How, how amazing would that have been to be seen in the theater instead of maybe like two-channel audio on my Sony Trinitron as a kid? Uh, JT, that might, I don't know. Do you know what Sony Trinitrons are? I worked at Best Buy. Back off, sir. <laughs> and then my last one is, was there something absolutely groundbreaking about this movie? Did this movie, was this movie a first in something where... I think you sort of had to be there to really appreciate that firstness of it. Hmm. So great list, but I'm also going to key guest Jeremy into something. When Jeremy says that he's talking about scores, he goes deep on, yeah. on composers. <laughs> okay. All right. So All that, right. that might not be overly weighted in the spreadsheet, but like it's a big consideration set. So our audience knows that. So if all of a sudden you're like, that's a decent movie, but a great score, it might make sense as to why it's on Jeremy's list. All right. All right. I can't wait. So, and this week's scoring goes from a low of a 70, 71, sorry, all the way up to a even 100 somehow. 
Wow, we haven't seen triple digits in a while, and 71 is a really high low for a spreadsheet that no one else can see and makes no difference. But I'm excited <laughs> that those are the numbers. Nice. <laughs> uh, I think it's time to just dive right in and see what kind of Shawshank we have. Well, I assume we definitely have Shawshanks. I even prepared a Shawshank. Would you like to kick off the Shawshanking, Jeremy? I, it's, it'll be very quick, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm bending your rules right out of the gate. Um, but I think what you said was a movie that when you saw it, it sort of instantly defined a genre for you, right? I'm Sorry. creating potentially a genre here uh, to name my movie. Uh, the Shawshank for me this week is a movie called Spontaneous. Uh, came out in 2020. Every time I bring it up, nobody has ever heard of it. Um, you can watch it on, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. I saw it on Epics on my TV. And the genre that it perfectly defines is horror, coming of age, romance, sci-fi, dramedy. Whoa. Oh my. Um, it, is, it is a genre bender like I have never seen. It does all of those things expertly. It's sweet. It's scary. It's gory. It's high concept. Uh, Catherine Langford from uh, Knives Out mm. is uh, the main character. That's probably one of the uh, Piper Parabos in it too, um, but not very much. Uh, but I just really loved it. I've been singing its praises on Twitter and on our podcast and everywhere I can. And uh, I've never seen a movie try and balance all of these things and nail it so perfectly. So that's my wow. Shawshank. Wow. All right. And and do you think that, like, did you miss out by not seeing, like, is it a movie that, that you think being on a big screen would have like benefited. Yeah. yeah I, it's not on my main list for, for the top five or even um, the leftovers, but it definitely fits that category. I caught it on television during the pandemic. Um, and you know, uh, I wouldn't have been able to see it on the big screen if I'd wanted to, but uh, I would love to have, because I think it would play even better. Oh, this is fun because yes. I, I have I have a similar one of these in Pong, which came out in a time when you couldn't. So that that's fun. Uh, Jeremy, what about Excellent. you? Do you have a Shawshank this week? I have a Shawshank for me, and I have what I presume is going to be your Shawshank already written down. Oh, oh wow. wow! Yeah, I, I went there, but I'll, here's mine, and I think it's actually pretty predictable. Uh, here are the clues for you. Uh, the movie came out in 1972. Okay. It's it's going to be impossible not to get this one right, I think, because mm -hmm. it has a Metacritic score of 100. It is IMDb's second-ranked movie of all time, and it is the AFI's second-ranked movie of all time. And the five words I would give you are, for the Italian restaurant bathroom. Mm. Interesting. Okay, mm. not, not interesting because I don't know it. Interesting because we're talking about The Godfather, right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, okay, so... You want to Shawshank the Godfather because you wish that you saw that in theaters. I, I, yes. And in particular, I actually would really Shawshank both Godfathers, each for a specific scene. Godfather one, it is when they go to the Italian restaurant sure. and the guns behind the thing. And, you know, I still remember the first time watching that. And, you know, you really don't know, is the gun going to be there? Is he going to drop it? Is he like, I didn't know, you know, I'm like, I don't know, I'm in early twenties. The first time I saw it. And, I just could imagine being in a theater with that heart pounding moment. Mm. And then Godfather two, it's when De Niro's uh, on top of the, on top of the, the, the building stalking the white hand, oh. which I think is also just edge of your, like defined edge of your seat. So I think for me, and I, I love these movies more than all other movies. Uh, I know it's trite and they're predictable, but 
I don't care. I don't care. It's my podcast. I get to love the most popular movie. There you go. I'm doing with it. I'm actually kind of fascinated that you picked that because uh, I I don't know if I agree. I agree that they're amazing. Obviously, that's not open for discussion. Uh, But I don't know that. I almost feel like the experience of watching The Godfather's now in a home that's situated like yours with like a projector and good speakers could be better than maybe it was in 1972. So you really mm. just want to re-experience the feeling of the movie. And I don't know how much how much would the theater really play a role. Oh, well, as, as a former projectionist, I have a very soft spot in my heart for film. Uh, physical true film and the noise on screen, mm. the, the, the flecks of dust and tiny scratches. And, and for me, that is a very warming, enveloping, loving environment to be in. So uh, for me, that alone would do it. But you're right. Now that we've got these, you know, remastered in these home theaters with 4K and whatnot, you can almost recreate a better experience overall than what 1972 cinemas were probably able to offer. Yeah, I get that. Uh, although the way hearing you talk about that, Jeremy, makes me think about how I feel about vinyl. So I retract and I, ah, I, I'm ah. good with this. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I do have a Shawshank that I don't really love and wasn't going to use it, but now I just want you to tell me what you think mine is. I actually wrote down two for you, JT. Really? Yep. Uh, my my prediction was that you would say uh, 1977, little uh, nope. little space action, nope, sci-fi movie that you didn't even nope. know nothing. It's not it's not it, that's not my Shawshank. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not my Shawshank. All right, that would be uh, episode four, as we called it when we were kids. Uh, well, we let's, all called it episode four, A New Hope. Yeah, of course. But mm-hmm. let's leave it out there because we don't know what people's lists look like. So let's leave it out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the other one I had for you was an animated movie from, I believe, 1942, if my name was right, uh, with almost no words. So that's a very fun pick. And that's also not my Shawshank either. Uh, but we, we, will talk, we will talk animation later. Oh, I think wow. I'm realizing I'm bad at guessing you. Brutal. I, I, oh. I think, yeah, I think I think I'm good at guessing you, but in reality, I'm bad at guessing you. So yeah. here, here's mine. The one that I actually want to put in is it came out on June 29th of 1975, and it's an 87 on Metacritic. And the five words I will give you. I have a really fun theme this week with my five words. I'm very excited about them. Whoa. The five words are, or five words are under the deep blue sea. Hmm. This is in my this is in my mm-hmm. list. Okay. So I will I will not say anything further and w- actually it's your you get to go first this week. So do you want to go first? Sure, I'll just jump right in. Giving the stats you just gave. By the way, it's also the 56th uh on, on the AFI top 100. My five words were for the two note score. <laughs> told you he likes soundtrack. I told you. I'm, I'm so I feel so vindicated right now. <laughs> so JT and we both know we're talking about the same movie. Jeremy, do you know what movie we're talking about? It's gotta be Jaws. If it's anything but Jaws, then I'm I'm weighing over my head. <laughs> ding ding ding. That's that's the one. I I mean I'm sure it's why you Shawshanked it, JT. Like, could you imagine? And 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 here's here's my quick note on this. Like, I'm not a horror movie guy. Uh JT knows this, but basically like 10-year-old me saw Poltergeist in a really terrible environment and didn't sleep for weeks and now mm. still can't mm. walk down hallways and stuff. 
But <laughs> if I was ever going to experience a horror movie, I think Jaws on the big screen, like especially that soundtrack. Just imagine that darkened theater and just the da 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 da. Like it, it would be. I can't even imagine. I truly can't because I saw it not as a child, but like as a teenager or something. The score is so. I mean, dare have you ever tried going underwater and putting that music on? Like Oof. you don't want to do that. No, no. <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> and so for me, musically, it is why I picked this one more than the movie. In fact, and I would argue that it, it is second only to Star Wars as a uh, uh, symphonic experience in a in a in a movie. Mm, so, mm. Jaws hits my pick. I I wouldn't take a bath for weeks because I heard about Jaws. I didn't see it. I just heard about it. And I wouldn't go in the bath for weeks until that my mom convinced me, well, he's in the salt water. He's not in the tub. Then when we went to the beach, it was a whole new problem. Um, that movie would be an excellent cinematic experience. I, I, I agree. Yeah, so you, everything you said is why I wanted to Shawshank it. Like, what, it just kept creeping to the top of my list where I was like, I there's just so many reasons like it changed the way we felt about an entire species like that's a wild piece of trivia to think about a movie doing and then the fact that it happened to be an incredible film and then the soundtrack is probably one of if not the most recognizable in the world I was just like yeah it just feels like if you were going to see a movie that you wanted to be like you know what I saw in theaters Jaws would be pretty cool yeah it would we actually threaten the kids with it sometimes, like if they're not paying attention. We're like, we're going to go put on Jaws because, uh, as JT alluded, we do have a projector set up and it's pretty visible in the house. So it's like they all go running to their rooms or to do whatever they're supposed to do. And uh, I think I'm just going to start putting the music on as the uh, time to clean up. There you go. Tunes on the uh, on the sound. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> actually, Jeremy. I, I realize, like, I'm assuming you're somewhere in my age range, somewhere in the Gen X-ish territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born in 75. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, so. And I'm 73. So I think uh, I think that we'll have a lot of interesting uh, comparisons to note here. I think we might, yeah. I think we might. You need to remember that I was, I was raised until I was about 18 in a very conservative household. And so I only saw three movies in the theater until high school. Um, and so some of mine may surprise you, uh, because they came out well after I was born, but I still didn't get to see them in theaters. Uh, so. I, I think that's so cool considering your passion for movies. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that's the reason I'm telling, I mean, I'll, we can talk more about this later, but that, that strict upbringing is what drove the passion, right? It was like Fred Flintstone's feet building up all this momentum. And when I went to college, boom, I completely immersed. I was working at a movie theater within six months. Um, and so, yeah, it absolutely fueled my passion. Did you ever like sneak a movie at someone's house or something? Oh yeah, all the time. But I usually got caught because most of the, my friends, uh, their parents and their families went to our church. My dad was a preacher and uh, everybody talked. So yeah, I, it was hard for me to get away with going to movies without dad finding out. All right, JT, what's first on your list there, buddy? Okay, so uh, I will introduce you to my first category. Uh, April 26th from 2019. That's right. I said 2019. All right. This has a 78% on the old Metacritic. Good for it. 
I will give you, it's going to be tough to give you literally anyone from this film. Uh, how about John Slattery and Evangeline Lilly? All right. I'm Are you about you. to say that you didn't see Endgame in theaters? He is. I'll give you the five words because I want to point out what the five words come from. There's only two. Dust busted. Dust busted. So it it is Avengers Endgame, and it had 104 movie sins, and all of my five words were plucked directly from your stuff, Jeremy. So if, <laughs> I want to see if you pick up on any of it, because yours, nope. the way you, the <laughs> what what you said is this this movie was dust busted was its sentence. So why it's on the list? I told you there's two categories. Let me introduce you to category number one. The first category is I'm an idiot. That's mm. this fault. I'm an idiot. When this mm. movie came out, my wife was very pregnant. I was living oh. in New York City. I didn't have a ton of like my good movie friends were scattered about the country. I didn't have good movie friends. And I want to be clear, I am 1,000 behind, like 1,000% behind going to movies solo as a concept. I love it. I actually think it's great. When I used to travel for work, it was one of my favorite things to do was baseball games and movies. It's great. That being said, this movie just felt like a movie I wanted to see with my buddies. And I just, I Ah. kept holding out hope that it was going to happen. And it didn't. And then it wasn't in theaters. And then I went, what do I do now? It's just kind of a sad story. It's brutal. Yeah, it it's, yeah, basically, JT has no friends. That like this this movie. I'm so I've watched the reaction videos of this so many times because I didn't get to experience. And Jeremy, you've talked about your bad experience the first time seeing this one in theaters, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, oh, you too, Jeremy, because I I had a lousy time. Uh, that basically we went to that opening first, 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 first kind of version, and the audience for whatever reason was just nothing. It was just nothing. I actually almost put it on the list for that. I, I was very close to tweaking my own list to be like, well, my, my experience was so lousy that I, I just want to get it. I, I want to, I want another go. I want to be like an Alamo draft house with this thing. Yeah. See, like I'm going to contradict myself later, but I'm so spoiled as a projectionist in the past, watching movies by myself, um, that it doesn't take much for a crowd to, to actually get in the way of me enjoying a film. Mm, and wow. like, you know, I understand the on your left moment at the end and everybody cheering and that's fantastic. But my auditorium was doing that kind of thing every 30 seconds. Oh. Um, it was like scream if you spot a character from Marvel. And it was really <laughs> troubling for me to enjoy that. I didn't, I didn't realize you had had a similar experience. Anyway, yes, I, uh, um, <clears throat> I, it could go on a list for me just for that same reason too. Just give me an empty auditorium this time, and uh, we we need to mel- meld our audiences so we get like a half version of yours because I think that would have been about that. Right. Like the I on your left thing is exactly right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I mean there were a few other moments too that I think cheering and and you know and I'm like I said I'm going to contradict myself later when I talk about how much I like crowd reaction, but in that movie it was just excessive for me. Yeah, I think that's actually interesting. Maybe I'm wrong because there, I, I agree. It is a fine balance. No crowd participation in a Marvel movie of that talent. Like if you're screaming in Guardians, the first one is like, get over yourself. But like in this one, like this is the culmination of years of investment of time. Yes. So like, even though it was super camp, when all the female characters come together, that's a pretty cool, like an audible gasp there, I'm down for. I'm totally yeah. in for that. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, every time Rocket's on screen, somebody going, ah, I would probably hate yeah. it. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So, Jeremy, give us your Oh, first it's up pick. to me. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give you the year, 1979. You might guess it from that. Um, I This is interesting for me, and I'm going to be bad at guessing all these because I don't often look at IMDb Top 250 or AFI. Uh, but it's number 52 on the IMDb. Uh, it's not in the AFI Top 100 that I could find. That's weird. Metacritic is 89. Ooh. Any guesses before I name my, my obscure actors that aren't obscure? No. Harry so, Dean Stanton and Tom Skerritt. Is, is this, I might be wrong on this cast, but is, is that, uh, is there, I want to say, is this Deliverance? No, no. <laughs> um, well, Harry my, Dean Stanton's in it. So. Well, no, you're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> my five-word clue is not going to help either because I tried to get cheeky. Unwanted stowaway after ill-advised visit. Unwanted stowaway. Unwanted stowaway after ill-advised. 79. Great movie. I'm sure. And those oh. are the leads, right? They're like, oh, you got it. It's It's got to be Alien. It's Alien. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, when you were talking about Jaws... Um, I was thinking about Alien, and I, it's I, whenever somebody asks my favorite horror movie, I always say it, it's either The Shining or Alien. Um, and I was too young and too restricted to be able to see either of those movies until well into college. And of course, in college, I was watching VHS terrible versions. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like you look at today. And uh, I would I want to see that movie on the big screen for a number of different reasons and scenes, but most specifically. Audience reaction on the chestburster scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, because even the actors didn't know it was going to happen. I can't fathom what the audience, you know, did. I used to go into liar, liar all the time, just in certain spots, because I knew the audience would just roll with laughter. And this would be a great one to go in if you were a projectionist in 79, go into the chestburster scene and watch that audience reaction every time. I just think it would be outstanding. So that's a there great you go. pick. That's a great pick. I, my funny, weird thing with this franchise, by the way, I saw Aliens before I saw Alien. Mm. I think it, I don't know if it's just like my age because when Aliens came out, just this, it was this awesome action movie. I didn't really know about it because my experience in the horror genre was like, nope. And it yeah. was only because I liked the sequel that I actually went back to watch the original as a, I don't know, late teenager or something. Obviously, you know, I wish I had done it the other way around, but that's my. Uh, that's my weird aliens moment. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, oh, I'm next. that's a great pick. Jeremy, that means that you are up, my friend. What's up? All right. I'm going to get a little personal on this one, guys. Ooh, so awesome. the year's 1987, the Metacritic 63. And by the way, Jeremy, we don't really memorize that stuff either. We just sort of, it's sort of a good grounding kind of thing. Yeah, you get a feel for if the movie's any good or not. Yeah, although we keep finding how flawed, especially historically, Metacritic scores have been. Uh, mm. We often we'll often reference Wall Street, which, believe it or not, has a 56 on <laughs> on Metacritic. So why I know that? Because I've said it too many times. Right. Let's see. Okay. So the, uh, the two cast members I'll give you, I will give you Corey Feldman and Jamie Gertz. You said 87? I did. Corey Feldman, eighty-seven. Oh, oh, I think I know this. Do you want me to guess, or do you want to say your five words? 
JT, do, oh. do you want a chance? No, man, guess. Get after it. It's got to be the Lost Boys. Ding, ding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, here the five words I had, which were not a useful clue. Well, a little bit. Were for pride and campy vampires. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So this is an overshare, but I know this is a trusted space. Okay. 14-year-old me went to the theaters with his buddies to see... Actually, with one friend. Uh, I remember all of this. 14-year-old me went with one friend to see The Lost Boys. And remember, this is only like a couple of years after a petrifying moment with Poltergeist. And I don't know what happened, but I'm in the theater lobby and I'm like, no, I don't want to see this movie. I do not want to see this movie. I'm going to be... I don't know. I chickened out, as the phrase would be. 48-year-old me is very comfortable that that happened. 14-year-old me was extremely embarrassed that this happened. I sat in the lobby of the movie theater with no... I mean, I had no extra money, literally. There was no cell phones. I had no car. I sat in the movie theater lobby watching a Centipede Games demo demo arcade uh, loop for, you know, a good hour and 30-odd minutes. Oh, Until my no. buddy came out and uh, my mom picked us up. And I don't know if I've told anyone that story to this day, but now I'm telling anyone who's listening. Oh. I wish I had gone into the theaters to watch The Lost Boys. <laughs> you just told a lot of people. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Um, that's really sweet. I want you to know that I think you're really, that's like, I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that and that I totally get it. <laughs> Well, especially because I love the movie. Like, that's the thing. Like, if it had been something where after seeing it, it'd be like, oh, that was terrible. But it's one of those movies that's become, like, it's, it's super nostalgic, but also, like, a fun 80s campy vampire movie. Yeah. I have a soft spot for The Lost Boys, for sure. Um, I think I saw it again a few years ago, and it's one of those that nostalgia still carries for me. Like, I'm not sure it holds up as a film, quite the way it did for me in the 80s uh, or the 90s, I guess, when I saw it. But yeah, the fir- first first time I saw it, I fell in love with that movie. It's just, it, it is a nice blend of scare and camp um, and humor um, that you didn't it's see a lot. Corys. Yeah, it's got, the, it's got both Corys. Both Corys. Yeah. Frog Brothers, all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Kiefer. <clears throat> Uh, he's and by the way, he's still the coolest vampire. All the vampire movies that have come out, nobody's even been close to that cool. It's just not. I agree. It's not close. I agree. All right, boys. That means it's me. Uh, so I will introduce you to category number two. Uh, this movie, I think, would not surprise me if it's either on a list or if you guys get it pretty quickly. But whatever. Uh, June eleventh, nineteen eighty-two, with a ninety-one on Metacritic. 82. I have a guess, but I think I might have the year wrong. So uh, I will, but I, but I'll, but I'll, I'll fess up if I got it. All right. So tough, tough actors to give you here. Um, but let's go with Sean Fry and C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. I know. I know the second guy. <laughs> Soul man himself. <laughs> Uh, what are your five words for us, JT? Uh, my five words are seventh rock from the sun. 82. Had 84 movie sins. <laughs> oh, boy. Not, that's 
definitely not helping. Yeah, it's not space camp. It's too No, you're in like a you're in a good spot though. You're in you're hanging around the word space. Well, 82's, is good. My my first thought was outsiders, but that's like that's actually too late for that. That was my thought too. No. Oh boy, it's not 82 with C. Thomas Howell and something of Spacey. Here, I'll give you two more characters. Let's give you, uh, what about Peter Coyote and D. Wallace? This is going to be very, very annoying to not get because this is totally (laughs) wheelhouse. I'm sure this is a movie I've seen 70 times. Oh, easy. Yeah. It's it's not, and I know it's not E.T. Do you know it's not E.T.? It's E.T.? Well, E.T. E. was the first thing I thought. It's E.T. Oh, ah. I'm dumb. I am dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so. The only reason I thought that was that they played for a full year. We had a one-screen cinema in my tiny Indiana town, and it came out and stayed in that theater for a whole year. <clears throat> and that would have been round 82. So that was why I thought that. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and it should have stayed in for a year. So this is my second category, which is time travel. So I want to go because <laughs> I, I missed this. I missed this, right? I was born in 85. So this wasn't an option. I have such a vivid memory of watching this the first time. Hmm. Like vivid. And it's weird because my brain doesn't do that. And I remember scenes and how I felt and what it did to me in real time when watching this. And I want to time travel and I want to go back as like a 10-year-old kid and I want to watch this in a theater of other 10-year-old kids who were just having their minds exploded from the inside that this mm-hmm. could happen. Mm-hmm. Because the movie is, and I, I bring this up on the, me and Paul Rudd love to bring this up, but like they made Mac and me six years later and it was trash in comparison, in every way, shape, and form, this movie holds up. I've watched E.T. with my daughter in the past two years, and I'm still as emotionally wrought by the end of it. And I just think being able to see that in theaters, like, you know, maybe one of your first real movies you got to see would be like a whole vibe, man. It'd be a whole vibe. Oh, man. That's a good pick. I was there. See? Nine-year-old me. Nine-year-old yeah. me. But I will tell you, my biggest memory is actually Fear. how scary the the what I would call a home invasion like scene was when oh, yeah. when like ET's like dying or whatever. Like that was that was uh, that was a tough moment because you didn't yeah. know. Again, you didn't know. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, it's definitely it's. I mean, it's not Bambi scary, but like it definitely. If you're ten, like it's got some some pretty raw emotion to it. But yeah, this one was this was the easiest one for me. I was like, oh, dude, I wish I saw ET when it came out. That would have been so cool. Mm, that's a good pick. There you go. That's a good pick. Oh, does that mean it's my turn? That's your up. All right. Uh, now, I, I don't think you guys know me super well as a person, but I will tell you my next couple of picks are, are Jeremy picks. Um, <clears throat> so the first one I'm going to give you is 1989. Uh, the Metacritic is 57%, which I think is low. It's not on either of the IMDb or AFI lists. And I'm going to give you two actors, Frank Whaley and Ray Liotta. Ooh, Leota in 89. Okay. Frank, Whaley, and Ray Leota. I got it. Yeah? Yep. Let's hear it. uh, You want to have a catch? Um, Yes, I do want to have a catch. (laughs) It's uh, Field of Dreams. Um, 
My five words were going to be sports magic makes families whole. Mm, nice. It's good. Nice. It's good five words. The reason I want to see this movie on the big screen in the theater is for the magic. The movie's already magic, right? Like it's all about magic. There's a voice in your core and build a field. Eventually you get to see your dad and have a catch. Um, there are these moments and you get that score, that um, which I think is Howard Newman, not Howard Newman. I always screw up the score. Anyway, um, I love baseball. Uh, like any kid, I think, born in our era, I have some issues with like dad stuff, even <laughs> though we love each other. And so this movie has always been one of my favorite uh, movies in general and specifically sports movies. And I want to experience that magic on the big screen uh, with, you know, other baseball fans who have dad issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great picture. I mean, this actually was in my uh, top five guy cries. Oh, wow. Awesome. What you mentioned, like that score. It's funny because I, as a movie, I consider the score so-so for most of it. But the ending, like from the moment where it starts becoming sunset, like it's just magic. You just yeah. said it so well. And then like there's the line of the the cars waiting to uh, to come watch the game. Yeah. Great pick, buddy. Great pick. Thanks. This, Thanks. This, Give me goosebumps talking about it. <clears throat> the sunset, which inexplicably lasts how long? <laughs> oh, it's very about, fast. About, about four seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. four it's seconds. very fast. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that would be a sin right there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know if we've done that movie. Yeah. It's a, that's a great pick. I love, I also am in a, in a, a a ridiculous baseball fan and that movie will always hold a very close a close place in my heart for obvious reasons yeah excellent all right jerry you're up i'm going pretty current with this next one so 2018 nice. metacritic of 83 oh that's good and for reasons we'll come to shortly i'm i'm not giving any cast members because there's it just doesn't make sense to mm. okay uh, <laughs> and because my five words are for the greatest ascent ever. 2018. What was the Metacritic? 83. Okay, so a good movie. Good movie. We've talked about it before. We have. I'm guessing it's a very small cast. Um, it's, yes. It's, it's a weird... I, I, the, it'll become obvious in a second. Give me those five words. For the greatest ascent ever. Wow. Uh, it's not Everest. Oh wait, wait. Yup. Thank He's you for thank it. you for saying Everest. Uh, free solo. Correct. Oh, free solo. Good call. <laughs> I still haven't I mean, seen that movie. That in IMAX. Oh man. Like it was filmed in IMAX, and I saw it. It's funny making the Trinitron joke. I saw it on a measly 50 inch, beautiful high definition te television. But like, if that were coming to IMAX, like if they were re releasing it, I would go. Even having seen it, whatever, I would go just to experience that, like the 10 story high, whatever. It's so stunning. And Jeremy, that's no spoilers because we know he's alive. But yes. like the way they make the movie, it's so gripping. And so I just want to go on record so that's a horror movie. Oh, <laughs> like I read up, that is absolutely a horror movie. Even though you know what happens, man, my heart rate was aggressively, like uncomfortably Apple watch. Are you okay, buddy? Hi. Yeah. During yeah. that whole movie. I saw the trailer and I read 
a lot about it. And I read that the directors even questioned their own reasons halfway through filming. They were like, what if we film a dude dying? Like, is this ethical? <laughs> and so I agree. I, th I would slide that into horror just because of the way it would make me feel. And that's probably why I haven't watched it yet. It, it's worth it. And, and by the way, they even, what you just mentioned, they talk about in the movie. In the movie. And they even take it as far as the, the pondering, which which is just eerie to hear them talk about. They're pondering, what if them filming it, filming Alex, causes anything? Like, could you imagine the burden they're all under? Just, you know, and they're all on the mountain. It's not like an easy film. And you're watching this dude with nothing but fingers. Oy, oh. Yeah, it's yeah. given me it's given me chills right. Now. It's a great pick, by the way. And I would I like now that I've seen it, I would want to see it in theaters. I don't know if I would have wanted to seen it in theaters because I like I, you're not allowed to pace in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was shot in IMAX, I would watch paint drying on an IMAX theater. Like also true. It's an experience I really, really enjoy. Yeah, that's yeah but it's got to be one of the real ones, not the Fomax. No, I agree. And it's Regal yeah. Cinema's fault for all this Fomax bullcrap. Yeah. That's my former employer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I'm up. Uh, I'm going to go. What am I going to go now? Where should I go? Uh, I'll, I'll go this way. May 15th, 2015, with a 90% on Metacritic. I, I have just one hunch just from that year and you. Go ahead. We'll, we'll go on. No, go ahead. May 15th. No, no, no. I want to I give you the realm. I want to okay. give you the, the opportunity. Um, hey, the characters are hard. Um, let's do Abby Lee and Zoe Kravitz. Oh, I'm is this a movie you've talked about before? I have once, yes. Oh, just once. Is it animated? No. Okay. So I'm, I'm, my guess was wrong. I thought you were going with Inside Out. No. Because <laughs> I know how much you love that movie. And I think it's like a 15, 16, somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe a little bit before that. Here's, here's my five words. And I'm going to tell you that um, uh, I have I like lots of the CinemaSun stuff. But like this is one of my favorite like endings that you've ever done. Nonstop Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> oh crap fury road it's fury road oh <laughs> I, forgot, fury I forgot zoe's in that yeah <clears throat> god now i saw that with chris my my business partner in what used to be called Grauman's chinese theater in la oh, yeah. we were out there for a couple of appearances and decided to go see this movie it came out that weekend and that's probably the single best all-around movie theater experience I've ever had. The sound was impeccable. The visuals, uh, the intensity. Uh, it was just the presentation from the booth. It was just, all of it was outstanding. That's super memorable. I can't believe I didn't guess that. I, I would guess, Jeremy, that as a, with your background, the fact that Miller used so much actual film in how he yep. did things probably yep. like really uh, attuned to you. Well, and especially his attention to detail. First of all, he does this thing where he skips frames, especially in that early escape sequence uh, that just you know increases the urgency that you're feeling. Uh, the sound design is outstanding. There's a reason he spent 10 years planning this movie 
Because when you try and pick apart continuity issues, especially during those heavy chase scenes where there's motorcycles jumping here and there's trucks behind here, and he's never wrong. Like when he switches angles, everything is always in the place it's supposed to be. And it's just like he's showing off. <laughs> and I love it. I love that movie so much. Good pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can say it better than you just said. I mean, basically your experience is the one that I wanted. And I'm really sad because mm. I've seen this movie multiple times since. This is one of the first movies that I ever missed on our podcast. Jeremy was using this and I forget what it was for. Uh, I forget what list it was for, but you had picked this and I totally forgot. And I just, I, and it's because I hadn't seen it yet. It was Blockbusters of the 2010s, as I recall. Oh. Right. I was going to say, by the way, I was about to compliment you on finally remembering this movie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, at the time I hadn't seen it and I was embarrassed that I hadn't seen it. And it was before we had really settled into how, like where we are now and just like owning the stuff that you do and don't see. And I didn't want to like feel bad. Now I don't care. I hadn't seen it. I've seen it so many times since. And I'm less of a visual guy and more of a sound guy. And the sound in this movie is beyond impressive. It is, it is almost infallible. Like it is, mm -hmm. it is perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, I just, I want this one. I actually said to guess Jeremy, you would love this. I wrote, honestly, I want to see this movie in the theater center seat with nobody else eating Sour Patch Kids until my tongue bleeds. Like that's yeah. the experience I want for this particular movie. So bad. I don't want people around for this. I want everybody yeah. gone. I want yeah. me and speakers. And I know the seat I want in every theater that I've ever frequented. I know the one I want to go to because it's, it's all about sound for me more than visuals. And there's a, there's mm. always a sweet spot. I want, I want the imaging in this movie considering even the stuff when he's going back and forth. I can't even, man, I'm so mad. I didn't see this. Stuff in this. <laughs> Well, I that feels like a movie that will eventually get a re-release on an anniversary at some point. Yes. And you'll get a chance, hopefully, to see an excellent presentation of it. I'll be there. It's definitely worth it. I'll be there. Uh, but I think you have to sit through Thunderdome before you get to have the, the <laughs> Yeah, it's part of the punishment. Instead of trailers, it's Thunderdome. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you're up. All right, so I'm, I'm back in the Jeremy wheelhouse. Uh, these are basically just my favorite movies that I didn't get to see. Um, and I, I noticed halfway through this that you guys are giving month and day of the release, and I have not been, so apologies. So this one is 1990 on the 2nd of March. Um, <clears throat> and it has a 58 on Metacritic, which is a crime. It's not on either of the IMDb or AFI lists. Um, <clears throat> hard to give you two actors here, but I'm going to try and stump you. I'm going to give you Jeffrey Jones and Tim Curry. Ooh, Tim Curry. Jeffrey Jones. So we got, we got, uh, the devil and the principal from, uh, Ferris Bueller. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, is this Hunt for Red October? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, one of my very favorite movies of all time. Uh, McTiernan is my favorite director. Um, and because of my age and my conservative upbringing, I got to see this uh, whenever it made it to the library on VHS, which was probably like two, uh, two years after it came out. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the next year I went to college and I would have been able to see it. But uh, <clears throat> it's, it's probably one of my very favorite movies of all time. It's a very cinematic movie uh it almost you know a lot of movies claim that they demand to be seen on the big screen um but not all of that is true this is one of those that 
even though I've never done it, it demands to be seen on the big screen, the sweeping camera movements and the everything about this movie is big. My five words were going to be global political intrigue underwater. <clears throat> nice. So. Yeah. You're by the way, having had seen the, the theaters, you are dead on, right? That scene where they do the Marianas trench. Uh, oh my dive, gosh. Yeah. And like he's doing the countdown and Sean Connery's like clearly talking in his own head or keeping time or whatever he's mm -hmm. doing. Oh my. And the set, there's another one where the score is just perfect. Like Paul Doris's score is great. Yep. Uh, what a good pick. I also put this in like super quotable movies, but most oh, people sure. don't seem to know those quotes. <laughs> That's because they're young and, um, you know, whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Montana as one yeah. of my favorite lines. <laughs> and JT, this isn't, a, this isn't your wheelhouse kind of movie, right? Like you've seen it, but it's like, eh. Oh no, no. I've, this one I've seen a couple of times and I, I, I think very highly of it. It's not a movie that like I can quote by any stress. The only thing I know about this and it's just because it's random is John McTiernan was born in Albany, New York where I was basically raised. So like, oh, that's nice. like, useless trivia about him. Um, but I, Jeremy, you actually said the word that I associate with this movie, which is big. Like, I just yeah. remember this movie feeling big. I don't, again, I can't pull quotes or, or scenes the way you guys probably can. Cause it wasn't as a big deal to me. I was five when it came out. Um, mm. but it like, yeah, like having seen it now, like it, it feels heavy. The whole thing just feels very, very done in like a, in yep. a good way. So yeah, this is a yep. joke pick. And I actually now thinking back, this would probably be really cool in theaters. Yeah, I showed it to my kids a year ago. I should have waited a couple more years. It's it's a little more confusing for for kids than I really remembered. Like I sort of like for me the intrigue and all that. And and by the way, our our, our buddy Senator Fred Thompson. That's right, Fred Thompson. Oh yeah, he's your buddy. No, we, we did that last week. We did the non-actors in, in meaningful roles. And I actually had Fred Thompson in Hunt Road October. Who is from my state of Tennessee. Um, he was used to be uh, our, our congressman, senator, whatever the heck he was. <laughs> <laughs> Better actor than a uh, politician in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a pseudo time machine. I think I would have just liked to have been maybe five years younger, uh, older when it came out, so I could have seen it in theaters. 1982. Um, Medic, ready? We're on all the lists here with this one. Metacritic of 84. IMDb at 175th, and AFI's 97th. So just made that cut into the top 100. What was the year again? 82. Son of a gun. And this is another tricky to give cast without giving it all away, so I'll do my best with... Let's go with Edward James Olmos and William Sanderson. Oh, and JT, also James Hong. Oh, I love James Hong. Uh, okay. So I, I feel like Edward James Olmos is who I need to keystone off of here. Ay. What year is this? 82. Huh. The only, you say Edward James Olmos, and I think stand and deliver and I can't get anything else in my head right now. Same. Um, <laughs> he does that for me too, actually. I don't even go to Battlestar Galactica. I go to stand and deliver. Um, calculus. Uh, five, five words are for the androids with twists. Uh-oh. Oh boy. For the androids with twists? 
Well, I only have five words. It's not grammatically perfect. No, I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm asking. <laughs> they're not like doing. They're not doing the twist or anything. It's not a dance-a-thon. I was hoping it's for a chubby Greece. checker. Um, Greece meets Westworld. I genuinely, I like the Android thing is making me want to go Star Wars, and I, it's, it's not. So I don't know what this is. Oh, well, it made me think Aliens, but I don't know. That's a little before that. What if I talked about the androids and dreaming? To an android stream of electric sheep. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the movie that they ba- they based that on or based on that. I know, I know it. Oh yeah, you're going to kick yourself on this one. That's a uh, it's Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Now I am a heretic. Um, <laughs> I much prefer the sequel um, to this original. Which I'll fess up, I have not yet seen. Uh, that's fu- that's fair. I, I have complicated feelings about both, and I I enjoy Blade Runner, but man, regardless of your feelings, this has to be on your list somewhere, right? Just the just the visuals, the world building. Um, man, what a good pick! Yeah, that and that's that's what you what, what you just teed into is exactly it. Of all of the sci-fi movies that came out in this era, like. There's, there's no question in my head, and someone could easily argue, but to me, the world building around Blade Runner exceeds Star Wars, exceeds Raiders, exceeds, you know, maybe not the Star Trek canon of stuff, but like all the movies in those, in, in, in that era, like there's nothing like this. I mean, like everything was thought through and, 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 and such a vision too, like, we're doing these kind of movies now, right? Like that making these kind of worlds, like talk about George Miller, talk about all these things, but back then, like nothing like it. And just, and the use of the way, like the use of rain and the use of signage and the use of night in, in the way they tell the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then combine that with the concept of all of the twisty turniness of the, of the core plot, how it ends, which at the time probably was a lot more mind blowing than it would be today. Um, you know, it, it's so yeah. So Blade Runner is like, uh, you know, I was I was again I was again nine. Nine seems to be my age for a lot of today. Um, but nine year old me was definitely not going to R rated Blade Runner. Thankfully, right. <laughs> Man, what a good pick. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, I will. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with August fifteenth, nineteen seventy nine. It's a ninety four. Deliverance? No. <laughs> By the way, I fully know that no one is picking Deliverance here today. <laughs> okay. You're making me wish I had. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I honestly, this is another one that's going to be real hard to pick cast from. But let's go Lawrence Fishburne and Frederick Forrest. Oh, this is this is something I should know because I used to know like all of Lawrence Fishburne's really early work. Uh, well, he's he in one on of the Playhouse. He's in one of the Nightmare Before Christmas, or not Before Christmas. He's in one of the night, Nightmare movies, the Freddy movies. Yes, it's not, not this. Though. It's not this. He's credited as Larry Fishburne in that movie. That's right. Crumb. Ah, I saw something with Young Fishburne in it recently. Seventy nine. Here's the Give five words. Five words. Oh, I got it. Oh, go son on, of a gun. Go on, but I've got it. So the, the five Just words, a couple of A-listers immediately. Uh, 
you took this from a sins video? No, this one I didn't because there is no oh. sins video for this. Oh, even better. So well, I'll just I, go ahead. Am I Jeremy. right that it's, is it Apocalypse Now? It is Apocalypse Now. Son of a gun! That's exactly what I saw recently too. <laughs> so I was proud of myself with a Coppola because a Coppola. I was trying to help. Coppola, Coppola. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so entry two, time travel. So clearly. I just want to go back in time. The reason I want to go back in time with this one, though, is it's a little bit different than the ET one, right? So I want to go back and see everyone's reaction. Like, I almost want to go back knowing that this movie exists. And I just want to, like, I want to do, Jeremy, what, what you used to do when you used to sneak in to the theater and yeah. watch people. Like, yeah. this, it's just scale, man. Like, the scale of this movie is absurd now. Like, it's, it's wild right. now. And it's yeah. old. Like to, there's certain scenes in this, that whole thing when they come up on the river, bro, like what, what? Like, I just can't imagine people in, in like 79 watching that and going, how did you, what'd you do? Why'd you do this? What's going on? How did you, what? It's just like, it, it had to be mind blowing. It had to be absolutely mind blowing. Hmm. 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 I, I, I concur with that. I also think it would have been interesting because we're only a few years after the Vietnam War at that time. So you're getting all sorts of real emotional responses to this movie too, right? Like, yeah, people it, were there. It was, it was, know? it was timely. It was, I mean, it was Coppola at his most Coppola, right? Like the whole, the stories behind this movie are wild, which I won't bore everybody with. But like, I mean, this dude, like, the only thing I will say, like, he had to mortgage his house in his vineyard to finish this to get an extra seven million dollars, which you know, in 1979 is is a, that's a lot. Like, yep. he basically financed. He was just like, no, we're doing it this way. It, it's just the, the the scale of this. The other thing that's cool about this, if you saw it in theaters, is if you go through this cast, it is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> like there are seventeen Oscar nominations in this cast. It is absolutely wild. Brando, Sheen, Duvall, Ford, Hopper, like just everybody for the mm -hmm. next twenty years that mattered probably was in Apocalypse Now. And so to get to see them, a lot of them before they were like fully vetted right brando obviously was brando but everybody else was still like either on the upper or like sort of just getting their own thing fishburne had to lie to get into this movie because he was 14 like that's how mm. young he was it's just like there's so much cool stuff about that this feels like a historically cinematic important movie that would have been really neat to see and also scale yeah i mean i had okay this was on my list of shame for years i just never had seen it until about four years ago and I saw it and I loved it and I brought it up on our podcast and the other two guys were like, well, which version did you see? And I was like, I don't know. Then apparently there's <laughs> like three or four different cuts of this film. and Some are wildly longer and some uh, much shorter. And I don't know which one I saw, but it absorbed me immediately. Um, and I like that <clears throat> it's not the same kind of movie all the way throughout. Like yeah. there's some, war stuff but by the time you get to kurtz it's like psychedelic stuff that's like it's like a completely different like give me all the drugs right there and <laughs> let me just experience that on the big screen i think that's a good call that's a great perspective that's a great perspective <laughs> buddy i i don't always think about the the notion that this is almost like multiple films in a film kind of thing because it is mm. like there's a part of it that is just yeah it's just a war movie i mean like, not just a war movie but right. it, but it's a war movie and then all of a sudden it's this crazy character journey and yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a really good perspective. The, one of my favorite little Hollywood pieces that you, I'm, I'm going to bring up just cause you mentioned it, Jeremy, that like there's all these different cuts of this. There's apparently five fully, fully filmed endings that Come like on. never saw daylight. 
but they're oh they're done. And like that's one of those things where you just you just gotta wait. You're just like someday, right? It's like Prince's catalog. Someday it's gotta come out, right? Like you can't sit on it forever. So I would love yeah. I would totally sit through whatever that would be, probably 17 hours knowing Coppola of trying to, to get through all the different ends of this. Yeah. I, J, JT, I think you got to start hashtag release the Coppola cut. Let's do it. I'm in. I'll start it. We'll start it this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jerry, you're up. All right. So I'm going pretty recent here, and I run the risk of this being one not everybody has seen, but I love it so much. I'm going to talk about it. It's just 2018. Um, and it looks like it came out on October 12th and I'm going to give you Nick Offerman and Kaylee Spaney. Hopefully, because if I give you anybody else, I'm afraid I give it away. Okay. I definitely know both these people. And this was a 60 on Metacritic, not on either of the other two lists. I'm not familiar with the second person. I will, I'll tell you who she is. This might help you. She she was the star of that recent craft uh, legacy reboot of the craft movie. Um, and she's Boy, been in I some TV shows. Me. <laughs> um, okay. I'll give you an, <laughs> I'll, a, I'll tell you. Okay, that's okay. It's Nick Offerman and uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, Oh no. Keep going. I don't know if I've seen this. Let's hear your five words. Well, five words are which bad person will prevail. One of those words is in the title of the movie. Bad. Prevail? I think it's bad would be my pick. Oh? Wait. Uh, one of those words is in the movie. Yes. Which bad person will prevail? Oh, no. This, this game is fun, by the way. I'm glad that you guys <laughs> had me on. Um, uh, all, by the way, all I'm thinking about for, for, and I know it's wrong, is Horrible Bosses. Which Oh, totally no, but <laughs> I do have a soft spot for the sequel to that movie. The sequel to that it's cute. is really cute. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm out. You got me stumped. JT, you're still up if you, if you want. I, I think I want like 17 more seconds. That's, that's too long. I, it's, um, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's the hotel thing. Yeah, you're and right. I can't think of the name of it for some reason. It's I, bad times at the El Royale. I couldn't get past Hotel Artemis, and I like the two of them. They came out the same year. We're banging mm. in my head, but yeah, this is a great pick. Actually, I also okay. Did not so see this in theaters. This movie I did not see in in theaters because I did not know anything about it, and I had confused it with Hotel Artemis, which got bad reviews. Um, when I finally got around to watching it, which was I think when it hit HBO. I kicked myself hard. Um, and it's for a number of reasons. This, this Drew Goddard uh, wrote and directed this. And Drew Goddard is a sleeper future Spielberg in my book after Cabin in the Woods and writing The Martian and then writing and directing this. Um, <clears throat> it's just really smart crime caper set at this hotel that's on the border between Nevada and California. And almost everybody except for one character is selfishly motivated to the point of maybe being evil. Uh, and it just keeps tearing down a wall. You're watching what you think is one thing. And then it gives you a different perspective and you're like, Oh, it's this. And then it keeps jumping back to flashbacks that take place in scenes you've already seen, but now you're seeing it from a different perspective. Um, it's stylish. It's got symbolism left and right. And the sound design is incredible, uh, especially the way it uses music. Uh, and I missed it. I didn't get a chance to see it. It's not a movie that's going to get 
a 25th anniversary re-release. I'm probably never going to get this experience. Uh, we recently sinned this on Cinema Sins, and my love only grew for this movie. Uh, it's outstanding, and uh, I missed it. Haunts me. Haunts me regularly. This is a brilliant pick. I I also didn't get to see this in theaters for this for the exact same the same reason I just struggled now because I was like the mm-hmm. hotel movie. The other thing I want to mention, Jeremy, that you'll love about this because you you have not seen it, right, Jer? Yeah, I, this is about the point where I was gonna be like, yeah, so maybe I'll go see it now, dude. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I won't go see it. Maybe I'll just walk upstairs and see it. So uh, Jeremy's description of it is great, specifically because the tearing down of walls is both a figurative and literal metaphor, which is beautiful. So that's very well said. The other thing I loved about this movie, there are some stunner acting performances in this. And I feel like it went highly under, under the radar because like Hemsworth was super good. I adore Cynthia Erivo and anything that she does. She is amazing. Impeccable in this movie. Um, it made me believe in Dakota Johnson as an actress. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. sh- like this is a really, really, I forgot how much I liked this movie until you started talking about it. And now I'm pumped to go watch this movie again. Yeah, there is a scene with a two-way mirror and Cynthia Erivo is on one side and Dakota Johnson's on the other side. And there are more people in both places, but ah, it is so tense. and perfectly orchestrated i think i tweeted out i will never do anything as clever as this scene it's just Uh so smart um and so yeah maybe don't run maybe walk Uh, you've got kids you've got a life but definitely add it to your list because it's it's outstanding it's real good it's great pick it's up there i I will fess i'm probably not putting that craft reboot up there but you know (laughs) this this i'll see (laughs) all right fifth and in a way, most embarrassing entry for me. Mm. 1999. Therefore, no excuses to have not seen something. I know what it is. Me- <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, but the year I have an immediate guess just because of the year. Well, it's like the best year in movies ever. There could be like 50 of them. <laughs> All right, keep going. Which, which is part of what I'm going to talk about. So uh, 99, Metacritic of 73, IMDb 16th highest rated of all time. Well, it's IMDb, right? So it's 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 nerds like us. Yeah. Uh, again, one of these, like, I can't, I think I have to go to extras before the cast does not give it away. So I'll do my best. Uh, Joe, Joey Pants, Joe Pantaloni. Yep. You got it already from that? I think, I think my initial one's right. Jeremy, go ahead. It's, is it The Matrix? Yeah, To Follow the White Rabbit. Yep, that was. Oh, uh, this is my favorite movie of all time. I can't explain how I didn't see it in theaters other than the following. It's 1999 and it's like one of, it, it is, it's up there with like 94 and, and, and 86 and these other years with like amazing movies that came out. And I was living in San Francisco and I was working in the, it was like the dot-com era and I was off doing that. And I don't, you know, whatever you might have seen movies or whatever, if you didn't live through the dot-com thing in San Francisco, you didn't go see a movie because there were just, infinitely better things happening in the city all the time. There were like huge tech parties for like Google launching and funded this and, you know, eBay and Webvan and Yahoo and ridiculous companies spending gobs of venture capital money effectively on parties for 20 somethings who worked at these companies and everybody was a paper millionaire at the time. So I don't think I saw all but one movie that year. Hmm. 
that movie being, by the way, The Sixth Sense, which I knew nothing about when I went in to see it. Beautiful. Like nothing. Not that there was a twist. Not that there were dead people. Nothing. I was like, people say you should see this movie. And I did. So that was my one movie for the entire year. Wow. Wow. And it should have obviously been The Matrix. Well, I mean, I've told this story on our podcast, but when I first saw the trailer for The Matrix uh, a few months earlier with my buddy Josh, we laughed um, because (laughs) the trailer made it look ridiculous because we didn't have any concept of why some people were able to run on walls. We just thought it was like some Jet Li stuff where they were just awesome cops that ran on walls and we thought it was ridiculous. And then we went to see it to make fun of it. And now it's my favorite movie of all time ever. And uh, yeah, you missed out, but that one will definitely have an anniversary um, re-release at some point um, and you'll get to enjoy it. Uh, Oh God, such a good pick, such a good movie. I could talk about The Matrix for days. JT, when I said 99, it was this your guess? Instantly. Instantly. Mm. Yeah, just because, like, what? here's the thing. Lots of good movies came out in 99. None that needed to be seen in theaters as bad as The Matrix did. Mm. Mm. Good point. It's, I mean, I, this, I, I saw this movie in theaters three times, and I'm, I'm not a go-back guy. I, I'm just not. It's not a thing that I do. I see it. I enjoy it. It's great. I remember walking out of the movie theater and doing almost doing the full cartoon walk back. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, let's just see that again for sure. Like I got, I have questions. I didn't, I missed stuff. It was so, it, this is, yeah. So it's, it, this is, a, a, it was designed and executed as a cinematic experience. This is a great pick. Yeah. By the way, I have two of those turnaround walk back stories, both Die Hard and T2, uh, not Trainspotting 2, but the actual T2. Uh, I saw both of those movies back to back nights when they came oh, wow. out in theaters back, wow. back back in the day. That's but yeah, awesome. I, it just I, you know I, I'm sad about it. Here's the craziest thing about the Matrix, by the way, I, I, Jeremy. For me, also, it's a, it's definitely in that top list. Uh, my son, who's 13, recently watched it, and he watched it with his friends, and I was like, oh, so you know, what do you think? Like, oh yeah, ooh, ah, you know, like I wanted to geek out with him, and he was like, yeah, it was good. Because they've already seen, like, the concept of, you know, we're all in a simulation or parallel universes or all these kinds of things that are now sort of common zeitgeist. Yeah. Back in 99 was, you know, the red pill was like this mind-blowing concept. Yep. My buddy's son uh, prefers the two sequels to the original. <laughs> and I was, I was like, what, what are, I think I said, what's wrong with you? Uh, <clears throat> but Bad yeah, they, they see it differently. It's been, it's been in the public. Like you said, it's in the, the public discourse for so long. It's not as fresh or new to, to them as it was to us then. Yeah. And the derivative work from the matrix is unparalleled. I mean, not unparalleled, but it's, it's in the, it's in that conversation of the most derivative works of all. I mean, like, the next 15 years of movies in even in movies that have nothing to do with any of that stuff, you go, that's the matrix. Like, mm-hmm. like you can just literally pick all these little scenes. Like that's from the matrix that like rom-coms. You're like, that's the matrix. Like there's yep. so, so much happened because of that. It's a great picture. I'm sorry. I didn't see it in theaters, but <laughs> same, same. Uh, all right. Here's my last one. Um, before I say anything, I was on the fence between right. The two categories. So we've got the, I'm an idiot and time travel. And I didn't know which one I wanted to lean into. So I did go time travel for the last one. And I also wanted to have like one sort of dumb but fun pick. And I'm just going to preface with this is that pick. June 22nd, 1988 with an 83 on Metacritic. Okay. So it's a good movie from the late 80s. This cast is is impossible. 
Um, but I'll give you Stubby K and Joel Silver. Joel Silver is ringing a bell. 88. Is this one of the Young Guns movies? It's not. Good guess, though. By the way, that, that unquestionably one of the lousiest sequels that I still adore is Young oh, Guns yeah. 2. I love both those movies. <laughs> uh, 88. So the five words was pulled from cinema since this time, so it's not going to be super helpful, but I, it is directional. The sentence you gave this movie was cool world. Cool world. But so, it's not actually cool world. It's not actually cool world. Roger is Rabbit? It, is it Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Oh, man, that movie does not hold up for me. Well, <laughs> so he, here's why. Ready? Here's here's the thing. Um, this is time travel, but it's a very specific time travel that I want. I want to really set this up. So live action animation goes back to the 20s, right? There's a ton mm-hmm. of it. So this movie, I think, in my generation gets credit. Like my generation goes, oh, that's the first time. No, it's not. It's just not. Um, they took it to another level, though. This was the, the, the most expensive movie ever made at the time it was made. Uh, that being said, I want to go back to this movie as like a preteen or freshly turned teenager specifically. So Mm -hmm. just so that cartoons are still cool enough that I can get away with liking them, but not so that I'm so old that like it doesn't, but also old enough that I get some of the jokes because there's a lot of jokes that don't land on kids, kids in this movie for obvious reasons. In that particular vein to go back as like a, either a precocious 11 year old or a slow to, to learn 14 year old, this movie had to be the best. Because there's just 140 of your favorite cartoon characters stammering around, being weird, doing fun stuff with people. And it looked as good as anything had ever looked at the time. Yep. I just think it had to be the coolest thing, man. Like, I just, again, this is kind of a goofy pick. There's one of the through lines that I didn't go with. And I'm really glad that you guys seem to not either. There was a lot of obvious stuff when I was putting my list together where I was like, yeah, of course I wish I saw blanky blank, which we probably all have in Pong. But this one was just like, no, you know what? Like if I want to curate a watch experience as like one of those two versions of a kid, this movie was probably so cool, man. Hey, well, it I'm, was. Oh, yeah. sorry, Jeremy, go. No, I was just going to say I was 13 when this movie came out and it was considered clean enough that we got to rent it and watch it. Oh. And yeah, I, I adored it. I loved it. Um, and then when we did write the sins video for it, my, my love waned a bit. It didn't quite hold up, but yeah, in that age range, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. JT, I have a question for you. Do you want to be old enough that Christopher Lloyd's bug out eyes are like scary or like just kind of weird? Um, I think the, the scary works. There's actually a fun thing that he doesn't blink in this entire movie which is a fun fact. If you oh. if you ever go back and really wanted to be weird and he doesn't blink, like it was a character choice. So I think he's creepy regardless. I think it doesn't like it, it wouldn't make a difference. Um, I, I do want to say, I know we're not going to do trivia, but I found one piece of trivia that I think is so cool. I want to share with you guys if it's cool. So right. there is science into the plot device of the dip. Okay. <laughs> so the ingredients of the dip are turpentine, benzene and acetone, which are all paint thinners commonly used to erase animation cells. 
Oh. How neat is that? That's pretty neat. That's pretty That's cool. neat. I just figured that, like, I remember the turpentine bit and being like, well, turpentine, just tell them, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't drink it. But, right. Yeah. No, I just, I, I, I was going through stuff because I was just like, was trying to, I basically had to talk myself into putting this on the list because there's obviously better movies I should have seen in theaters and there's no question. But this one just became so fun the more I thought about it that I was like, no, you know what? If we're going to play time travel, I want to go back as this very particular version of me in a very particular moment in time. And this movie probably would have been the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I would have talked about it for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, way more fun than being like Platoon. Right. Yeah. Good choice. Real good choice. (laughs) All right, Joe, round us out. Oh, it's up to me now, is it? Uh, Okay, well, I am going with 1987. And uh, it's a 79 on the Metacritic. Not on either of the top lists. I I swear I didn't do that on purpose. These are just some of my favorite movies. And the two actors I'm going to start with uh, are Patricia Clarkson and Andy Garcia. Ooh. Ooh. 87. Andy Garcia. Who I liked very much at this time. Mm. Uh, in this this stage of his career, yeah, he's young. As I say, this is baby. This is baby Andy. Like we're we're baby yeah. Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have no idea. There, uh, the only actually the only Andy Garcia. Uh, no. Okay, it's it's not Moonstruck because yeah. Okay, what's your five words, buddy? All right, the five words are underdog cop versus cocky criminal. Andy Garcia. What year is this? 87. This is this is going to be in the I swear I've seen it. I believe I haven't seen it since. I don't know what it is, but I like it's in there somewhere. I know what you're talking about. Ugh. I can give you another actor if you want. We are going to get into guessable territory real quick. So, I want to take one why this is not my wheelhouse at all. This time frame is not my wheelhouse at all. But underdog cop against What's the what kind of criminal? Cocky criminal. For some reason, I'm just getting real Nick Nolte and, uh, <laughs> and and Eddie Murphy vibes, but it's not 48 Hours, right? Oh God, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, 48 Hours is fine. Yeah, that's like 83, 84, I think. Again, um, not my will. I'm out of my depth here. That's why I was guessing. What if I told you Patricia Clarkson is married in this movie to Kevin Costner? Oh, this is the Untouchables. It's the Untouchables. Yes. Oh, this yes. is a good pick. And oh, now, Jeremy, well done. I love that choice. I love this movie. Thank you. It, it hasn't come up at all in our podcast, JT. No. And and now I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to make up a category soon just so I can talk about it too. Oh, oh man. Oh, uh, well. It's done. so good. De Palma is my second favorite director, and he just shoots the ever-living daylights out of this movie. Uh, there are so many De Palma angles and setups. De Niro's chewing scenery as Capone. Sean Connery's chewing scenery as the crusty old cop advising Kevin Costner. Uh, and it's got the real reason I want to see this, in addition to those De Palma camera shots, is the score, man. This is the yes. first score I ever bought. I bought it on cassette. And it <laughs> just got this... It's got this driving. The movie opens with five minutes of this incredible pulse-pounding score to credits, classic Hitchcock-looking credits. Uh, Everything about this movie is cinematic. And, you know, I, of course, was too young and it was too violent. And I've never gotten to see it on the big screen. But it is probably in my top five all-time favorite movies. 
And uh, that's why it's on this list. Almost all my picks are just time travel. Uh, I want to go back and get this thing that I was too young to, to get at the time. But. For, for, for those of you, because you can't see us, all I've been doing is nodding since Jeremy. <laughs> with, it's true. Because the true. music is amazing. You're totally right. It's got that dun, dun, dun. Like well, this, it's just high constant. Horns, yeah. But the staircase scene in the, <sighs> in the, in the, in the, in the, in the train station, oh my God. which is nothing but music to a perfectly shot sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great pick. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Step Brothers right now. Did we just become best friends? Like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit like that. That movie is just uh, liquid gold. I'm pretty confident I owned this on VHS and then owned it on DVD. Like, I've seen the bejesus out of this film. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a classic. Right, JT, have you seen it at all? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a movie I've seen. I've seen this like a handful of times too, like five or six okay. times. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I mean, the score. The only thing that really. So the stairs. The staircase scene. I obviously remember just because I feel like if you haven't, if you if you consider yourself a film fan at all, that that has to be in your wheelhouse. And I do remember that the score from this movie is one that does stand out. Specifically, the entry. I, I always remember the the intro when I'm just like, this is a lot of music for a long time and it's like working <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. i wasn't like i'm bored i'm like all right yeah let's go let's do this let's what's gonna happen i'm excited yeah it's good and, <clears throat> and this is the thing that was locked away in my brain when you said andy garcia by the way like i i couldn't figure out where where i where i wanted to go with it but like i knew like i knew there was something out there i'm glad i didn't oh, say godfather man. three jeez yeesh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't think of a stronger way to end the top five, but that also means that speaking of rapid excitement, uh, let's get into Pong. So we'll do five entries each. Uh, we'll keep it simple. Just give a year and then uh, a Metacritic if you got one and then five words. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you lead us off? All right. Well, a lot of these are going to be recent, um, just ones that I didn't get around to until later. So year is 2018. Metacritic is 77. Most people have not seen this movie. Uh, my five words is timely lyrical critique of gentrification. Whoa. Timely lyrical critique. 2018. The lyrical thing is what's throwing me off. Yeah. You'll know why when I explain the movie if you haven't seen it. I don't right, have a guess, it. yeah. Uh, it's Blind Spotting um, with David Diggs, who oh. was an original Hamilton cast member. And it's set in San Francisco, and there are scenes where they rap to each other kind of casually, like they're just kind of rapping what they're doing. But then at the end, there's a super dramatic scene where one character just spits this incredible raw rap, and it works, man. It works, even though it doesn't sound like it would. And uh, that's one that was recommended to me, and I, I, I passed on it. And then when I finally saw it, I was like, stupid, stupid. <laughs> uh, that's a great uh, debate. Diggs is a monster, dude. I love everything that he touches. That's do great. I do all five of mine in a row? Nope. We'll do, we'll just go oh. back and forth. So, oh, and you said Jeremy. You met the other Jeremy, and I just jumped in there like a jerk. No, you were exactly where you're supposed to be in a moment. In time. All right, good. All right. Good. <laughs> and by the way, Jeremy, we I, I meant to mention this at the very beginning. I also sometimes go by JT, so you're welcome to do that with us too if you want. Oh goodness! Just, oh, just, goodness. I'm the only one with no such uh, option because you don't have the. <laughs> uh, all right other jeremy you go it's 2010 with a metacritic of 74 imdb's put it at 13th of all time and my five words are for the twisting reality scenes what year is it 2010 
Twisting reality in 2010. Uh, the, the artificially high IMDb score should, is, is probably the best clue here if you know who powers IMDb's votes the most. Okay. Um, I give up then. Yeah, I don't know. Inception. Oh. So this yeah. was almost my guess because when you said the artificially inflated, I was like, okay, so it's got to be Nolan. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> If, if Nolan were to make a TikTok of like him making breakfast, it would be in the IMDb top 250. Yeah. All he's got to mm. do is just put bum and then it's like yeah. it's a, I'm automatically above an 80. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to go. I'll stick with a recent one too then. 2018 with an 87 uh, and the five words I stuck with all the cinemas and stuff. Uh, the Mirror Universe. Doctor Strange? No. 2018. I thought that was Doctor uh, the Mirror Universe. I'm I'm, st- I'm out. I'm out. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh. oh, yeah, that was good in theaters. It would have been it would have been so good in theaters, and I just it was, yeah. again, it's one of those things where I was like, that looks really cool, and I didn't see it, and then I missed it, and then I've watched it since, and I went, <laughs> um, is it back to me then? I guess yes, sir. Uh, 2017, 92 on Metacritic. This is probably the best rated movie I've brought to the table today. My five words are not very helpful. Talented person struggles with sidelining. 2017. 2017. Sidelining. Is there any chance this is Whiplash? No, no, but that's not a bad guess. All right, so now we got to think about music. So who got sidelined in music in 2017? Could have been sports, too. I, I just guess. I thought you meant music. Yes, I did not say the word music. That's a good point. So who got sidelined in 2017? Small movie. Big, big the, This director's next movie came out this year and is a big awards contender. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, Chloe Zhao, uh, The Rider. Uh, it's about a bull rider. You, you've heard of Nomadland, obviously. Yeah. Yep. And she's doing Eternals for Marvel. Um, but the movie oh. she made before Nomadland is called The Rider, and it's about uh, a bull rider who ha- gets a head injury and he's not allowed to ride anymore, and how what a toll that takes on his life. She, her, this is all visuals, baby, because her hmm. her visuals are incredible. She takes these very normal seeming slices of life and sets them against these gorgeous mountain west backgrounds and it's just uh, it's incredible and I, I missed it on the big screen so all right all right my next one's a time machine actually the next few are time machines but the next one in particular is 1975 metacritic 91 imdb's 129th of all time for the funniest non-intermission ever what year 75 non-intermission I have no idea what movie has a fake intermission uh, Mel Brooks you're in the realm it's gotta be something is it Monty Python yeah history of the world no it's Mel Brooks holy grail holy grail Grail has that brief the intermission thing pops up just long enough for you to be like, oh, I guess there's an intermission. And then it, then it goes back to movie. That's hilarious. I haven't seen <laughs> that movie in forever. This is one hmm. of my, this is my, if I could have had something to just laugh along with people, 
I would have, because I would assume that an audience who would appreciate Monty Python in the theater would be a great audience to watch the movie with. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, that's a great pick. Uh, I'm gonna. This one's gonna break uh, Jeremy from Lo-Fi's heart. Uh, 2001, a 92 percent on Metacritic. Five words: cast it into the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cast it into the fire. Cast it into the fire of Mount Doom. It's a Lord of the Rings something. Yeah. Something, something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Fellowship of the Ring was the first one. And th- I just didn't, I did. I, I, and this was a choice. I was just like, nah, I was like, hey, there's too many. There's too much people about this. I, I don't like all these people. Too many people want me to see this. I'm not going to like it. And then I saw it and I was like, well, I probably should have seen that. The <laughs> and then saw the rest of them in theaters accordingly. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, you can just enjoy my silent reaction to that. <laughs> You have a silent rant. I, so I have a silent reaction. I have, I have nothing to say to that. To, That's to excellent. That movie. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, I'm going to get a little less obscure now because um, I did two obscure ones in a row. Uh, 1980, 66 on Metacritic. You're going to get it once I give you my five words. Abandoned dwelling drives occupant crazy. Oh, it's The Shining. It's The Shining, which is my second favorite horror movie of all time. And of course, coming out in 1980, I didn't get to see it in theaters. I missed whatever anniversary they had. And uh, I've only ever seen it on a television, and it still unsettles the bejesus out of me. (laughs) Yeah, I I would guess in eight years, you'll get to see this in the theaters again. I would guess there's a 50th. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, I'm going to hold off. Just bide your time, buddy. All right. <clears throat> all right. Uh, all right. I'll go. Oh, no, Jeremy, it's your turn. Sorry. 1962, Metacritic of 100, IMDb 114th, AFI's seventh highest of all time. And by the way, I didn't deliberately look at the AFI list, just so we're clear. I went through my own list of movies to see what would I have loved to have seen. And this is for the sweeping desert landscapes. This is, I think I know this. It's, I don't know the years. Ben Hur. No. Lawrence of Arabia? Oh, Lawrence of yes. Arabia is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I saw Lawrence of Arabia for the first time, maybe, uh, I guess, six, seven years ago. Mm. And it was just one of those, like, I'd always known it's supposed to be a good movie. And then watching it, I was just like, oh, wow. So I would love to see that. That's definitely a big screener. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, I'm going to go. Here's my fun one. So this is 2021 with a 59% on Metacritic. Uh, my 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 five words: angry fish against wholesome primate. Angry fish. What year? Twenty twenty one. The Meg? No, that was twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty one. It's a fish versus an angry fish in twenty twenty one. Have we had a shark movie this year? <laughs> like it's not Tom and Jerry. I think it's kids movie. Is my hunch? No, it's not. No. And underwater was 2020. Wholesome primate is where you, I think is where you can really ground yourself. Wholesome, wholesome primate. He says primate. George movie? You're around the right, you're you're in the, you're you're heading there. Just came out. It's like fresh, fresh. Jeez. Uh, It's not Tom and Jerry. It's not the floor in Ulysses. It's about a a squirrel or something, right? No. Squirrels. Um, I give up. I don't know. This is Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, <laughs> der. 
I didn't know it literally just came out. Yeah. So I randomly watched this the other day and literally as I was watching this, it was before we were doing this list. And I was like, I actually would have liked to see this in, in theaters because it's pretty big. It's big, big. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the sound, I'm definitely not doing justice here. I was like, I want to mm. see these two like really clash it out. This is this feels better done than any of the pre- like predecessors to this franchise. And wow. it's a bummer because it, it's not an option. So yeah, I thought I'd sneak this one in. Yeah. Nice. It'd be an option if you didn't mind like, you know, pandemic stuff. Right. That's <laughs> true. Um, I only have one left because one of my five ended up being one of your guys' top five. That's right. Um, so I'm going to do my last. That was Blade Runner. But I'm going to do my wow. last one. Um, 2016 is the year. Uh, 8.1 on Metacritic. Um, and my five-word description is family crimes due to injustice. 2016? Yes. This is, in hindsight, my very favorite movie of that year. Um, And I could give you some cast members. You probably... No, you can just... Yeah, just... You got it. Yeah, you got it. What is it? It's uh, Hell or High Water. Um, oh, I didn't see this. And I, really I didn't see it either. It. Yeah. Um, when you get a chance to watch it, I think you're going to find a really good bank robbery story, and at its heart, um, a really solid brotherly relationship. Uh, it's just fantastic all the way around. Nice. Yeah, this came out around that same time as like the Logan Luckies and, the, and, and mm-hmm. some of those kind of movies. I just, I actually just started watching all of those. Um, yeah. 1939. Metacritic 92, AFI's 10th for the full color reveal. Oh. Full- Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Yes. Can you imagine being in the theaters and like this movie starts in black and white and then mm. it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Although I learned, the, uh, I learned the weirdest bit of trivia why I'm actually wrong, but I don't care. Uh, I'm wrong because the trailers, uh, they had actually, people knew it was a color movie. So it was actually oh. the black and white part that was surprising to people. Oh interesting. oh, interesting. Yeah. But I still think it would have just been epic to see that thing happen. Like, There's a lot about that movie that would be epic to see on the big screen, man. A lot of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, this will be my last one, too, then. Uh, I'll do uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phone it in a little bit. But I, it's the one that I think is probably the most legit. Because you also did one of mine earlier, Jeremy, when you pulled out A New Hope. Because that was one of my songs. Ah. Um, I'll go with 1981 with an 85 on Metacritic, and the this is pulled from Cine, uh, Cinema Sins. Whip it! It's Raiders. Raiders. Oh, whip it! Raiders. Whip it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't see any of those movies on the big screen. I saw Raiders. I, actually, I think I saw Temple of Doom too, which you know was tougher. Good pick. Yeah, the, it, I thought about it, and it was at, it is Raiders is the one that I would have wanted to see in theaters for sure. For sure, for yeah, sure. that makes the most sense. All right, my last Pong entry is twenty twenty Metacritic's eighty three for the Resnor score alone. Oh, so oh, this is gonna make me so mad because we've talked about this, and I got so excited that Resnor did the score for this, and Mank? it's not in my head. It's not Mank. Oh, JT. We've talked about this movie, JT. We had a whole episode about this movie. I know. I I know. That's why I'm frustrated because I can feel me not knowing it in real time and it's super angering. Did oh. you do the trial of Chicago 7? It's animated. 
Soul. Who did an animated there score. You go. Soul. It had to be Soul. That's correct. Yeah. It was Soul. Trent Reznor did the score for Soul? He did. Sure did. Get out of here. Yeah, him and Atticus yeah. both did it. Yeah, it was, and it's it's absolutely yeah. stunning. Learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm introducing a new quick bit on you there, JT. I went to the Twitters this time. Are you familiar with the Twitters? I've heard of it. Yeah. So I, I asked the, I asked the same question. What movies would you watch one scene theater? So I'm just going to pick. Uh, I got five that I picked out of that list. So uh, so thanks to those who participated. But we got ad kids ad at kids watching. Who wanted to see Christopher Lee's Dracula, which I thought was a pretty cool pick. That's pretty dope. At the cinema ticket had The Wild Bunch and also had Jaws. At Film Range YYC had The Exorcist, which is, I think, up there with Shining for a lot of Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. At Geek Cops wanted to see Wonder Woman 84. And at Doug Carling 2006 picked two classic fighting movies, Rocky and Bloodsport. 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 <laughs> nice. Yeah, oh, that's a great call. Um, all right, this has been awesome, uh, Jeremy. Where can people find you? What What can you tell our audience? What's up, man? Uh, well, you can obviously find the videos we make at uh, Cinema Sins on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter uh, personally at J Scott TN, um, and I talk about my cats and my books. I do have a new book. Uh, May 18th that you can pre-order now. And it's basically a humor memoir of how I went from preacher's kid to movie theater manager to cinema sins. And uh, it's a quick read and uh, I hope people will maybe check it out. Awesome. Is that, is that going to be on the Amazon? It's already on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, audiobook pre-orders will be up any day now. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I can tell you that just from the, like the, the snippet of origin story we got from you today, I'm like super pumped to get into it. All because right. It is Excellent. a really cool origin story. Um, so as, as always, thank you guys for listening. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. We're such thank huge you fans for having of yours. Me. You're doing, you're doing God's work pun totally in thank you. now. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow, uh, follow Jeremy, follow everything he does, follow us or don't, we don't care. We're just happy you were here. Join us next time on the low five. Bye.